Glory to God. Amen. So this morning we have gathered here to give thanks unto the Lord for his good hand upon our brother Raymond and our sister Janet. We are here to celebrate the hand of God upon their life for God has made it possible for them to become a couple. There are still many, there are many in their age that have not found the right person to settle down with. But here is the case. God has made it possible. They are now husband and wife. Glory to God. Like we said on the 11th, marriage is one area the enemy has attacked so badly. It has affected destinies. The counsel of God and the purpose of God for so many lives has been hindered because of marriage. Either the man married the wrong person or the woman married the wrong person. It is possible to be married and not actually be married. Amen? Amen. It is possible to be married and not actually be what? There are so many that are living today as couples, but they are more or less roommates. There are so many to that desire to be married. They are of age. Yet they haven't found the right person to be married to. But this morning, I want you to open your heart and your mind to the word of God. Because the answer to every question of life is in the word of God. Hallelujah. The answer to every question of life is where? In the word of God. Because John chapter 1 says that in the beginning was the word. So nothing was in the beginning except the word. So if anything is wrong with us, it is wisdom to go to the beginning. Let's go and find out what happened in the beginning. And then we can align ourselves with what happened in the beginning. And then we can see God's hand upon our lives. Marriage is a good thing. It is not a necessary evil. Marriage is a what? It's a good thing. It is not a necessary evil. For any man not to be desired to be married or a woman not to have that desire to be married means there is a strong demonic oppression in that person's life. The enemy has taken over that life, trying to destroy it. Then you will hear things like, I have tried. All the men that I've met, they are all the same. All men are the same. From China to North Korea, they are all the same. But that's not true. And then you hear it from the brothers. All women are the same. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are going to use this occasion to bring the word of God concerning this area of marriage. 
And I believe that to this afternoon, by the time we are living here, marriages will be restored. Those who can't find who to be married will suddenly see. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Will suddenly do what? See. The scripture says, He who finds. And there are so many eyes that look, only few are seeing. I can ask you a question how many signs did you see coming here? There are so many things on the way, on your way coming here, you never saw, but your eyes were looking at it. You didn't see it. So there are so many men out there that are due for marriage. There are so many women out there that are due for marriage, but the eyes of some of them are just totally blind, spiritually blind. They can't see. I mean, Jeremiah was looking at God, and God still asked Jeremiah, what's yes now? He said, what are you seeing? Amen? Amen. Abraham's eyes were not closed. When God called Abraham, I said, Abraham, look to the north, look to the south. As far as your eyes can see. Hallelujah. Amen. So this morning, God is going to give you eyes to see. Amen. And in case you are married and you, you can't see your wife the way God has made her, your eyes will be open to see her. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you start seeing the way God sees, there will be peace in your home. Glory to God. Amen. Marriage is not a necessary evil. In the beginning was the word. So it is upon God's word everything is built. Everything is being put together. It's existing today by the word of God. We are told in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. That he upholded everything by the power of his word. He's upholding everything by the power of his word. His word. There is no scientific invention that can create a goodly marriage. Amen? Amen. There is no scientific invention, no psychological theory, no marriage counsel that is strong enough to effect a good marriage outside the word of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So listen carefully. God is going to bring his word to you shortly. In Psalms 11 verse 3, the scripture says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So who are the righteous? The righteous are the ones who have made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. Regardless of their character. The righteous are those who have received Jesus as what? Their Lord and Savior. But Psalms 11 verse 3 says that if the foundation be destroyed, even though they are righteous, even though they have a right standing with God, the scripture says they can do what? Nothing. And that's the reason why so many marriages are suffering today. That's the reason why so many are suffering in their marriages today. Because there is no foundation. Now, we are not, we are sitting down right now. We are not in the first floor. We are in the second floor. That would have been impossible without a good foundation. 
how tall a building can be is traceable to how deep the foundation is. The taller a building, the deeper the foundation. Foundation of everything is very crucial. Foundation of everything is what is very crucial. So if foundation is not in place, a building cannot rise up and a building cannot stand the test of wind. It can't stand strong winds. Now, can you imagine the kind of housing that we have back home? I'm not talking about in Accra, but other areas. Bring that kind of housing to this place. Once more, we will level the whole place. So when they are building here, they build according to the level of winds. There are some buildings that can withstand some winds, that can withstand some storms. Others cannot. So all these things are put together. There are some of us, by virtue of where we are coming from, we have lived our lives in the foundation that was not of God. The powers of darkness has ruled our lineage and has corrupted our foundations. And we have carried these foundations and this mentality into our marriages. And that's the reason why so many are suffering today. You don't have a good foundation as far as marriage is concerned. So it doesn't matter who they marry. They will still be struggling in that marriage. So because of that, others have made up their marriage, forget it. It's better to be single. No. God said it is no good. God said it is no what? It is no good. So don't break scriptures. Don't be disobedient. It is not good. Because the foundation has not been in place, so many have suffered shipwreck in their marriages. But tonight, God's this afternoon, God's word will bring a good foundation to you. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Mark chapter 7, verse 13. To get the understanding, let me read from verse 11. But ye say, if a man shall say to his mother, his father or mother, it is a coban, that is to say, a gift. But whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. Verse 12. And ye suffer him no more to do all for his father or his mother. Verse 13. Making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such things ye do. It says, making the word of God of what? Non-effect by your traditions. Did you see that? Making the word of God what? Non-effect. And so, our traditions has the capacity to nullify the word of God. 
and in most cases, the reason why so many marriages have suffered so badly is because of our traditions. It's because of what? Our traditions. The mother is telling the daughter, remember, remember that this is your family. She is married to another man, but the mother is telling her, remember that we are your family. Remember that your brothers are here, your sisters, remember. That is scripturally wrong. So a young girl with that mentality goes into marriage, will never see eye to eye with the husband in terms of finances. I have my brothers to take care of. I have my sisters to take care of. No. Therefore, a man will leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they too shall become what? One. So the moment a young guest leaves the father's house, he's no longer part of that family. The moment a young man leaves his father's house, he's no longer part of that family. He has started a new family. He is one with the, the wife. No longer one with the mother. No longer one with the father. A man who is married is no longer one with the father and the mother. So to love your father, your mother more than your husband is the reason why so many are suffering today. To love your siblings more than your husband or your wife is the reason so many are suffering today. A man shall leave his father and mother. The word cliff means that the heart of the man will be planted after his wife continuously. Hallelujah. So we have made marriages suffer in our community because of our tradition. So the, a young girl goes into marriage with this mentality and starts stealing from the husband. Then she has a suffering account from the man. And the man doesn't know her financial dealings. And all the money is being suffered to the mother and to the parents. It's scripturally wrong. Hallelujah. If the scripture what wrong. The same thing with two men too. The man is coming to man. The, the father is, remember, you see, your brother, we are 10 in number. So don't forget your junior brothers. Don't forget all those people. So he goes into marriage with that mentality. So the wife has no access to his, to his bank accounts. The wife doesn't know what he does with his money. The woman is there struggling to take care of the family and he's shipping all the money back home. Sending all the money back home. God can bless such a marriage. Such a marriage will suffer demonic attacks any day, any time. If you can't trust your husband with money, then you are in adultery with him. If you can't trust your wife with money, then you are in adultery. You are not married. You are fornicating. Hallelujah. Amen. So we have nullified marriages by our traditions. We have used traditions to destroy marriages. Jesus told them, he said, making the word of God of not effect by your traditions. So the foundation is not there. 
And if the foundation is not there, no building has the capacity to withstand any wind. The two can be one and can't have access to each other's accounts. The two can be one and cannot know the secret of the other. My wife is here. She's my best friend. I talk with my wife more than any other person. If your wife is not your best friend, you're in trouble. If your husband is not your best friend, you're in trouble. I'm sorry for you. A woman that you cannot trust with your heart, there's no need to stay in that same house with her. A man that you cannot trust with your heart, there's no need to be in that same house with him. That is why in Ephesians chapter 5, the scripture says, Therefore, a man ought to love his wife as his own body. But this afternoon, restoration is coming to your marriages. Amen. Peace is coming to your marriages. Amen. Restoration is coming to your marriages. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Making the word of God of none effect through your traditions. So whatever doctrine your mother gave you, if it is outside the word of God, put it aside. Whatever doctrine your father gave you, if it is outside the word of God, do what? Now, can you imagine my father advising me about marriage? I never consulted him, never asked his opinion as far as marriage is concerned. Because he didn't show any good track record. So there was no need to, to ask his opinion. Uh, what is your advice as far as marriage is concerned? No. Because I'm the one advising him how to manage his own. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, the, the, the most important thing that can ever happen to a man, there are two things. The day you gave your life to Christ and the day you got married. And if you want to see blessings, straighten up your marriage. And see the hand of God come upon your, mar- your, your, your family. Glory to God, hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God, hallelujah. Amen. In, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 3 to 8. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. Look at verse 3. You know, in every generation, we are Pharisees. <laughs> they are everywhere. These are men and women. They lack the true knowledge of God's word. It's not like they don't have knowledge of God's word, but the true knowledge. For example, everybody can quote Matt, uh, uh, John 3.16. Not everybody can really understand John 3.16. Have you seen Muslims quoting John 3.16 yet they are not born again? Have you seen professors, scholars, theologians? They quote John 3.16 for God so loved the world. And yet, they don't understand that that applies to them. 
that God so much loved them that he sent his son to die for them and they are still in their sins. But they are professors. <laughs> so they have knowledge but not true knowledge. Hallelujah. There's a difference between having knowledge and having what? The true knowledge of God's word. The knowledge of the truth. You shall know the truth. Not just having knowledge but knowing the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. So you look at the Pharisees here. Matthew 19, verse 3. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Pharisees, meaning they are far to see. <laughs> they can't see. They can't see far. <clears throat> this was a, a doctrine they orchestrated on their own. So they came, they wanted Jesus to buy into their doctrine. Is it okay for a man to divorce his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he, that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Verse 5. And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they two shall be what? One. Did you see that? For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother, A man shall leave his father and mother, and they two shall be what? One flesh. Wherefore, they are no more what? Two. But yet, in so many marriages today, they are two instead of one. Spiritually, it is one that has the capacity to withstand 10,000. Then he said, what therefore God has joined together, let no man put what? Asunder. Now, this is another place where so many have misquoted and misused this creature. If you marry the wrong person, I don't care how many prophets lay hands on you, you might end up in divorce. Amen? Or if you marry the wrong person, he who finds a wife, no, he who finds a girl. So if you don't find a wife and you have gone to look for a Hollywood star, you might get married today, but the following day you'll be at the court signing papers of divorce. And so many are almost choking. So many women are dying today because of this creature. Therefore, whatever God has put together, no and she's dying, no. She's at the point of suicide. She's at the point of breaking down. But whatever God has joined together, let no man put us under. How many of you remember the testimony I shared when I came from Indiana? That woman was, she's from Zambia. She was married to one intellectual, one African-American intellectual. But she desired men of that caliber. And she was so oppressed that she became mentally, she was mentally down. That they took her, they took her to the psychiatric ward and put her on a permanent medication. One day she came on the prayer line and the power of God came, the word of God came, and that yoke was broken. And then she quoted this scripture. How she knows that this is not the person she ought to be with. She could not conceive, she couldn't give birth. 
And she said, whatever God has joined together, let no man put it aside. He said, that is what every pastor is telling her now. I said, okay, fine. But God also said, can two walk together? So how can God bring somebody that doesn't agree with you to be your wife or to be your husband? And then you are going to stay with that person the rest of your life. Won't God put you together? Naturally, you won't make a friend with somebody that you don't agree with, will you? No. I'm very careful with friends. So, God who created you, smarter than you, his name is wisdom. He's called the wisdom. The wisdom of God. So, God won't match you with somebody who will not agree with you. Are you hearing me? God will not match you with somebody who will not agree with you. And that's the reason why so many are suffering today. They made their own match. Claiming that it was God who put them together. They did their own match. They did their own match by looking at the face. Looking at certificates. Do you have BBC? Do you have CNN? Were you born in Accra or Kumasi? <laughs> you won't believe it. The leader I met before my wife, the brother was one of the most, one of the prominent people in the uh, this current government in Kufo's administration. Told her that how desperate are you that you go to, you go and pick a man from the north. Oh, yes. She is still singing today. <laughs> These are things that has crippled marriages in our community. Traditions making the word of God of what? None effect. No matter for that family, I know them. They are good for nothing. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, everything has become what? New. Whether from the north, from China, from North Korea. If that man is in Christ Jesus, that is the person to go for. Hallelujah. You can marry from your father's first house. As long as they are not in Christ, you will suffer shame and reproach. In Christ Jesus, it says circumcision matters nothing. No. Whether you are circumcised or you are not circumcised, it does not matter. What matters is your faith in Christ. What matters is your faith in Christ. That is what matters. That is the most important thing. These are things that we have put together by our traditional beliefs. And that is the reason why so many of us have suffered maritally. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. After a while, I saw her. She said, Pastor, how are you? I said, you can see, I'm doing very well. Hallelujah.
So what, what therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. You have to be careful with this scripture. God will not connect it to a man who will not agree with you. God will not bring somebody who will not be one with you. God will not bring somebody that will not agree with your vision. God will do that. So that is why we need the knowledge, the working knowledge of God's word to be able to identify which one among many will fit me. You see, when God created Adam and brought Eve to Adam, and after Eve ate the fruit and gave it to Adam, Adam also ate. When God came and called Adam, immediately he asked Adam, have we eaten of the fruit that I asked you not to eat? You know what Adam did? He said, the woman. The woman that you did what? You gave me. The woman that you. I didn't ask for a woman. You gave me. I was here living alone. I was doing fine. He brought this woman. You gave me. And God said, okay. Now every man must find. So that is why I said in Proverbs 18, 22, he who finds. Did you see that? God learned a big lesson from that statement. Adam shifted the blame on God for bringing Eve. So God said, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtained favor from the Lord. So marriage is all about enjoying the favor of God. It is not for better, for worse. Marriage is all about what? Enjoying the favor of God. If you are doing well as a single man, you should do more as a married man. But because of tradition, we don't believe the word of God. So we don't take God by his word. Then you hear some people say, when I wasn't married, I wasn't... One Muslim guy at my workplace told me, he said, when I wasn't married, I had money in my bank account. But he said, by now, I look at him, I was smiling. I said, but my is the opposite. When I wasn't married, I met in my account. Absolutely nothing. That's the truth. That's the truth. My wife is in the account. I said, absolutely nothing. In fact, I couldn't even boast of $100 at the time in my bank account. Our first date, um, I suggested that we go to McDonald's. <laughs> because I just wanted to be me. I wanted to make sure that this woman will handle this me. Me. This is me. This is all you are seeing. Oh. There's nothing else. Amen. Because I calculated the whole thing. I look at what is in my account. I said, okay, if we go to a place like Olive Garden, and that, that bill is over $100, that's a minus in my bank account. And God will not be pleased with me. God will say, I'm a waster. Amen? But we still took a step of faith. We went to Olive Garden. It wasn't up to $100. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If she has listened to her, her, her family, we won't be together. 
What don't you do for somebody who is well established? And the ones who are giving advice to look for well established, they have gone themselves to look for those who are well established, and yet they are not still married. They are not still married. Hallelujah. So when I spoke, so I asked this lady this question, how do you know that it was God who put you and that man together? Because God can bring somebody your way that you will not agree with. She said, nobody has ever asked her this question. She took a step of faith and left that marriage. After a year and a half, she got married again now she has three children. Hallelujah. So which one was of God and which one of was on her own? The first one, of course. So therefore, whatever God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So they asked Jesus that should a man leave his wife for every cause? Jesus said, no. This is what the scripture says. But then look at what Jesus said in verse 7. They say unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? Verse 8, he said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your house, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. Did you see that? So from the beginning, it was not what? Divorce was not part of God's plan for any man. But because of the hardness of man's heart, the hardness of man's heart, there are so many that God is directing them to a particular woman. They say, no, I want the Hollywood type. I want the ones that can speak good English. I want the ones that are more educated. And God said, yeah, I know that. But this one will believe in you. She will serve you. She will do everything to make your life better. He said, no. Vice versa. Hallelujah. But as the Lord lived after you leave this place, if you are here, you are not married after you leave this place, God will begin to direct you. Amen. I said, God will begin to direct you. Amen. God will begin to direct you Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Marriage is a good thing. It is not a curse. It's a good thing. But if you lack the understanding, if you don't have the word of God, it will become a burden, a necessary evil. That you have to bear with. You have to just go through it. No. In some families, they can't sit down and spa. They can't have fun. They can't play. That is not marriage. That is slavery. Mm -hmm. So Jesus gave them the answer to divorce. Hardness of heart. Hardness of heart. Hardness of heart. Some are not divorced, but it's better if they were. And hardness of heart is traceable to lack of God's word. Lack of understanding of God's word.
Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Hardness of heart. Let's see the answer to hardness of heart. What is it that will break every stubborn heart? Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Romans 5, verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, and hope maketh not what? Ashamed. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. So anytime the love of God is missing in the heart of a man, that man's heart will be hard. Anytime the love of God is missing in the heart of a woman, that woman's heart will be hard. Remember Jesus told them, because of the hardness of your heart. So why are so many struggling in their marriages today? Hardness of what? Their heart. And why? Why is it so? Because the love of God is not at work in their heart. And the reason why the love of God is not at work in their heart is because they don't know. Is it in the Old Testament? When God gave them a commandment, He told them this Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. He said, the, the second commandment is this Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then Jesus quoted that scripture again in the Gospels because another lawyer came to tempt him. What is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus quoted that commandment to him. But you see, here's the case. Throughout the Old Testament believers, they were not capable of loving the Lord with all their heart, with all their souls, and with all their minds. They were not capable. They couldn't do it. They could not love the Lord with all their heart. They couldn't love the Lord with all their soul. They couldn't love the Lord with all their might. Hallelujah. Amen. So in the New Testament, something happened. God changed. That's why John 3 is so important. For God so loved the world. He did what? He gave. So here the scripture is saying that the commandment that was given to us that we could not obey, we could not do. Now the love of God has been poured into our heart by the Holy Ghost. Amen? That is what other translation says. He said the love of God has been poured into our hearts by what? By the Holy Ghost. Do you notice that Jesus never mentioned it, that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart? There's no commandment like that. The new commandment Jesus gave us is this. Thou shalt love the neighbor as I have loved you. Not as yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So the answer to hardness of heart is to believe the love of God that has been poured into your heart. So as we are sitting down right now, the love of God has been poured into our heart already. The love of God is inside us already. All we need to do is to activate it and start living it and start walking in it. So the new commandment for us is to love one another as Christ has loved us. Not to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. No. Because we are born of love. We are made of love. We are children of love. Amen? We are born of love. We are made of love. We are children of love. Our new nature is a nature of love. Hallelujah. So we have the capacity now to love the Lord with all our heart because he first one loved us. So in the New Testament, your duty is to boast on God's love for you. Not your love for him. No. In the Old Testament, they who boast of their love for the Lord. But in the New Testament, is the reverse. We are to boast of God's love for us. You wake up in the morning and say, Father, I thank you that I am your beloved. As far as I am concerned, I am the most beloved of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So it is with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. A woman called Cho Thomas from North Korea, in her book, Heaven is Holy, she said this. When Jesus is looking at you, it's like you are the only one seen and you are the most beloved. When Jesus is looking at you, you will know it. You feel his love for you. As at that time, his love and everything is focused on you. And you will think you are the most beloved. But the truth is that that love has been shared abroad, has been poured into every man's heart. So as you are seated now, the love of God is in you. Amen? The love of God is where? It's in you. And that's the foundation for a successful marriage. The love of God. Hallelujah. He said, and hope. What is your hope in marriage? To raise godly children. What is your hope in marriage? To glorify Jesus Christ. What is your hope in marriage? To draw others to Christ. Is that not it? That is your hope. And the scripture is saying that that hope will never be ashamed. Why? Because the love of God is at work in your heart. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Say with me, the love of God has been poured into my heart by the Holy Ghost which is given unto me. I have the capacity to love like the Lord. I have the capacity to love my wife as the Lord has loved me. To love my husband as the Lord has loved me. Because the love of God is at work in my heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. 
So that is what Moses pointed to them. The hardness of your heart. And every stubborn heart requires the love of God. There's a testimony about a notorious uh, Italian mafia that in the early 17th century, I'm not sure, but I've forgotten the name of the man of God, went to minister the word of God unto him. And this man threatened him and said, if you don't live here, I will cut you into pieces. That man was so stubborn, he was beloved of his days. And the man of God looked at him and said, if you cut me into pieces, every piece of my flesh will still be saying, I love you just as God loves you. And when that man of God made that statement, the power of God broke through. That notorious criminal became born again, gave his life to Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Every tension in any marriage requires the love of God. Requires what? The love of God. You see, at first, you could struggle to pretend. You see, the reason why so many are not coming to church today is because we are still preaching the Lord to them. They come to church and say that you must love the Lord with all your heart. You need to love the Lord. Oh, listen, I preached that way before. I was preaching that way, seriously, sweating. After a while, God gave me further knowledge. It is not about your love for him. It is about his love for you. Amen? It is about his word. He said, whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It is about his love for you. That is where your foundation is. That is where your stronghold is. Let me say this. No ma- you can't do anything for God not to love you. But Pastor, I got angry yesterday. I even argued with my wife. Yes, God still loves you. Uh, Pastor, you understand yesterday I got the glass of wine. Yes, God still loves you. If you believe in God's love, sooner or later, that behavior will leave you. Amen? Amen. That behavior will leave, what? will leave you. If you believe in the love of God for your life, every negative character about your life, everything that is not about, about God in your life, it will leave you. Wherever love is manifested, sin cannot remain in that place. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wherever love is manifested, sin cannot do what? Sin cannot manifest. And if you want to choke the devil, drag him to the love of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. If you want to choke the devil in your marriage, manifest the love of God. Wake up in the morning and shout and let the devil hear it. That you are the most beloved of the Father. Hallelujah. That the Father's love for you is unconditional. Satan, for your own benefit, hear it now. I am the most beloved of the Father. You can't do anything about it. Glory to God. When you believe his love for your life, and you abide in that love, and you walk in that love, that love will affect your marriage, it will affect your wife, it will affect your husband, it will affect your children, it will affect your finances. That is what the scripture said. The only thing that counts is your faith expressing itself through the love of Christ. Hallelujah. 
The only thing that counts is what your faith expressing itself through the love of God. But then, when we preach about faith, we make that scripture, I think Galatians 3.6, we make it look as if it is our love for Christ that will make our faith work. No. It is your faith in his love for you. Glory to God. Your faith in his love for what? For you. That will make your faith do what? Produce results. Hallelujah. Amen. God is not holding anything against you. So come home. Come to the Father's love. Amen. Abide in the Father's love. God is not holding anything against you. Come back home. The wisest man in the Bible, some people will say Solomon. I would prefer to say the prodigal son. <laughs> because Solomon, after a while, said everything is vanity. Vanity upon vanity. The prodigal son, after wasting the father's resources, he said, how many of my father's servants will be eaten with pigs? How many of my father's servants will remain this way? He said, listen, I know what to do. I will just go and tell my father to make me one of his servants. I will have a house to sleep, good food, mosquitoes have no access to me. But when he was approaching the father, the father said, ran out and gave him a big hug and threw a party for him. We read Psalm 23, we don't understand it. He said, my cup ran is what? Over. Over. You can't waste God's resources. You can't do what? You cannot waste his resources. God has so much. No matter what resources you have wasted in the past, he's still ready to make your cup run as one. Over. That's what he did to the prodigal son. Wasted his father's resources, came back, and you saw the father's love. The father's love overshadowed and wiped all his own doings. His past could not hold him bound. His sins could not have effect to his father. His sins could not stop the father from loving him. The father's love is stronger than your sins. If he gave his son, will he not freely give us all things? Is that what the scripture says? If he spared not his son, his only son, will he not freely give us all things? Blessed are your ears this afternoon. Amen. I said, Blessed are your ears this afternoon. Amen. Blessed are your ears this afternoon. Amen. Glory to God, hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God, hallelujah. Amen. The love of God for you is stronger than every sin you have committed in the past. It is stronger than every sin you will ever commit. And because we don't understand his love, that is why so many have stayed back. That's why so many don't want to commit to the law. They don't want to be hypocrites. They want to be real. They don't feel it. He gave them commandments and statutes they could not keep. Then he sent his son Jesus Christ and gave us a new commandment. The love of the Father is the foundation for every successful marriage. Hallelujah. When you understand God's love, it will change the way you talk. It will change the way you communicate. No matter where you go to learn communication skills, when demons are oppressing you, you will lose that skill. <laughs> Amen? 
having the same professors losing it. <laughs> Even the president. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Nothing can handle the devil more than the love of God. The love of God will teach you. The love of God will guide you. The love of God will bring to an end every oppression of the devil in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 5. So from today, when you look at your wife, no matter how you feel, disregard that. You have the capacity to demonstrate the love of Christ to your wife. Your wife has the capacity to demonstrate the love of Christ to you. Let's love one another as Christ has what? Loved us. We were sinners and Christ loved us. So don't wait for your wife to be perfect before you start loving her. Don't wait for your husband to be perfect before you start loving him. When the two of you begins to practice the love of Christ for, for each other, it will destroy any other thing that has held you back. Do you see that? Yeah. Your love for your wife, the love of God for your wife will destroy her weaknesses. You see that? So when, you're, when you are demonstrating the love of Christ towards your wife, it will destroy her weaknesses. The same thing when you are, your wife is also demonstrating the love of Christ for you, it will also destroy your weaknesses. The great man of God, wife, before he became born again, told the wife never to go to church again. He couldn't understand why she would go and spend five hours in that place and come back. He couldn't understand. So one day the wife went to church. Came, she came back and the door was locked. It was winter time. So she stayed outside in that cold. He woke up, opened the door. The first thing the woman did, honey, how are you? Sorry, I came late last night. The door was locked. But I know you had a wonderful time. I'm going to prepare your best breakfast for you. Went straight to the kitchen. Got the man his favorite breakfast. The man was eating and couldn't just understand. After sleeping in that cold, you still come inside. You are making me breakfast to eat the best that I like. Oh he couldn't just understand. He said, okay. So he began to ask himself, what are they teaching this woman over there? What, what teachings is she getting? So one day he said, okay, I'll follow you to church. He got there and gave his life to Christ. And Wuguswa became one of the greatest men of faith in his days. Hallelujah. Amen. They arrested him several times. He said, practicing medicine without license. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because so much healing was manifesting his ministry through the anointing oil. They took the anointing oil to find out what was inside. They couldn't find it. They arrested him in Australia so many places. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If the wife has not demonstrated the love of Christ, Uguzwa wouldn't have been born again. You know how many souls gave their life to Christ? You know how many ministries are still blessed today through his ministry? All the giants that I know today, they all took their root from Uguzwa. 
not until recently, he had the record of the number of dead people that has been raised to, back to life in his ministry. It was recently one lady called Heidi Baker, or is it Baker uh, from, uh, is it Canada? Yeah, she broke that record. Many dead has been raised in her ministry than any other person. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So the love of Christ is the answer to every marital crisis. Hallelujah. Amen. But pastor, you said, well, if you marry the wrong person, you said, I made a statement that if you marry the wrong person, the last people of getting divorced is great. Okay, now, I believe I married the wrong person. Maybe somebody's asking that question. What should I do now? Let the love of Christ lead you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let the love of Christ do what? Lead you. And if both of you begin to practice God's love, not your love, God's love, if you start practicing it, Jesus said in John chapter 14, he said this, I know you are my disciples if you continue in my love. You listen to that? So how will men and women know that we are his disciples? If we continue to practice his love, if we continue to boast in his love for us, if we continue to show his love to our fellow human beings. That is how men and women will know that we are his disciples. And finally, I just want to add this before we leave. The love of God will change the way you talk. Amen? It will change the way you do what? You talk. Watch this. In the Old Testament, you notice that every time they sin against God, the judgment of God came upon them instantly. Did you notice that? You notice that the prophets of the Old Testament were judgmental? You see, for whatever reason, that thing has crossed over to the church. It has crossed over to the church. In the, right now, go to so many places and say, okay, lift up your voice and just begin to thank God for blessing you. Or lift up your hands and just start receiving the blessings of God. You will hardly hear the words coming out of their mouths. But then, just turn around and say, we are going to do warfare. We are going to go against all the witches in our father's house. All the witches in our mother's house. And watch the way they will pray. And watch the way they will start clapping hands and stamping their foot on the floor. You see, for whatever reason, that Old Testament mentality has followed us to the New Testament. So we have judgment mentality more than blessing mentalities. So we have to bind and break and destroy and call down fire for blessings to come. It's wrong. I've always said this. Friday, all night. They go to all night, they bind, they break, they destroy. They cast the devil out. By the time they are sharing the, the grace, the first person they will meet at the door is the devil. You see, in the Old Testament, that was permitted. Look at Elijah. Elijah said, by my words, there will not be rain. Judgmental prayer. And that was it. There was no rain. But then when it came for Elijah to release rain, 
Look at the way he was sweating. Seven times, seven times he was you know, praying for rain to come. Only one time. He said, by my wife, there will be no rain. What is the difference? <laughs> Hallelujah. Because in the Old Testament, the love of God was not shared into their heart. Moses prophesied in Deuteronomy 13 verse 6. He said, a time is coming, God will circumcise their heart that they will be able to love God. And Moses was talking about Romans 5, 5. So everything in the Old Testament, they have that judgmental mentality. Pronouncing judgment, bringing the judgment of God, they had it. In the New Testament, God by his love stopped that judgmental works. That is why the scripture said God is long-suffering. It's what? Long-suffering. That is why in our days now, it looks as if you have prayed against certain things. You have gone against witches and wizards. And you are not seeing any sign of God's judgment upon them. Because God is what? Long-suffering. Because we are under grace. We are under grace. So, in the Old Testament, they were used to those kinds of judge, judgmental prayers and judgmental words. So, those were the things that were them. They were, it was part of them. In the New Testament, there is a shift. There is a what? A shift. God changed it. Whilst we were sinners, Christ died for us. He started telling them, in Jeremiah, a time is coming. I will write my law in your heart and in your mind. I will forgive all your iniquities. Your sins I will remember no more. He said that in Ezekiel also. And he repeated that in Hebrews also. Hallelujah. Because the love of God was not poured into their heart, judgment could strike them immediately the sin against God. Did you see that? In our days, when he came to our time, he offered us his own righteousness. He became our righteousness. Our sins is not going to remember. He gave us the power to live about sin. They didn't have the power to live about sin. They didn't have the power to control sin. No. That is why he said in Romans 6.20, and sin shall have what? No dominion over you. So because of that, the judgment that used to happen in the Old Testament cannot happen in the New Testament. It will take long suffering, a while, for those things to happen. Do you notice that in marriage it is easy for the wife or the husband to be releasing negative words than blessings? In so many marriages, the wife or the man is quick to release curses, negative words, the blessings. The love of God has the capacity to change that. Hallelujah. Amen. The love of God has what? The capacity to change that. In Luke 21 verse 15, he said, I will give you a mouth and a wisdom. A mouth and a what? 
a wisdom. Wisdom for what? Wisdom for blessings. Wisdom to create. Wisdom to build. Wisdom to plant. Not to destroy. I will give you a mouth and a wisdom. And when Jesus came in Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 3 going, they said, and they wondered at the gracious words that came out of his mouth. Hallelujah. So as a New Testament believer, with the love of God boiling in your heart, your bones filled with the love of God, what comes out of your mouth is gracious words. Words of blessings. Words of peace. Words of encouragement. Words of health. Not death. Not curses. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I will give you a mouth and a wisdom. A mouth and a wisdom. Isaiah chapter 50. As we begin to run up. Isaiah 50. Thank you, Jesus. Are you blessed this afternoon? Yes. Are you blessed this afternoon? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah chapter 15, verse 4 and 6. The Lord has given me the tongue of the lamb that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakened morning by morning. He wakened my ears to hear as the lamb. Verse 5. The Lord has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. Another turn away back. The Lord has given me the tongue of what? The lamb. That is a tongue that has been educated. He said, I will give you a mouth. He said, Jeremiah, what's yes thou? He said, I see a rod of an armor tree. And he reached out and touched the mouth of Jeremiah. He said, I have put my words in your mouth. The love of God in the New Testament brings you to that point. When your words becomes words of love, becomes words of peace, becomes words of blessings. No matter how beautiful your wife looks like, if you don't keep saying this, she will still be the ugliest among all. Amen. It's vice versa. The scripture says, "Life and death lies in the power of the tongue." The scripture says, husband loves your wife as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for it. So in the house, the man takes the place of God. Loving the wife unconditionally. Pouring love upon her. 
cherishing the wife, nourishing her. So it is the man's duty to garden the wife. Just like a man will go early morning to his garden to remove all the weeds and water the garden and make sure that the plants are ever fresh and ever green. That's the duty of the man in the house. And the love of God is capable of helping you do that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So it is, it is the man's duty to shower the wife with this voice of love, voice of peace, Words of encouragement, words of healing. He has given me a tongue of the land. You don't need to go to school for that. The Holy Ghost will teach you. He said the wisdom of God which the Holy Ghost teaches. The Holy Ghost will give you that wisdom to relate to your wife that way. He will give you the wisdom to bring your wife to that level. So many women, their confidence has been shut down in prison because of the words of their husbands. So many women have no confidence even in front of their husbands. This have to change. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Homemaker not ashamed because the love of God is shared abroad in our heart. So your wife will never be ashamed because your love is constantly pouring upon her. When she's among women, she feels confident. When she's among her equals, she feels elevated because she knows the love of the husband is at work in her. Natural women are more creative than men. One of the things that shut down their creativity is lack of love. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Men, don't be offended. God asked Adam, not Eve. I said, don't know, my wife is a nagging woman. I know. The scripture says, use wisdom on her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has given the man and the woman a big role to play. The part of the man is to show love and to govern and to provide, to cherish and to nourish. The part of the woman is to reverence. The part of the woman is to do what? To reverence. Just like us, we are the bride. Christ is the bridegroom. We reverence him. We call him our Lord and Savior. So the scripture said, Sarah called 
Abraham, my Lord. And the scripture said the wife should not be bothered too much about too much makeups or too much jewels or all kinds of things. God bless you. That the beauty of the wife should be a quiet and meek spirit, which in the sight of God is of a great value. So the beauty of the wife is the meekness of her heart. Not her facial look. The beauty of every woman is the meekness of her heart. You know what meekness means? Taking corrections. So when your husband corrects you in the love of Christ, don't get offended. And start hiding things from him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Husband loves your wife even as Christ has loved the church and gave himself. So give yourself, Mr. Ray. I know you don't, you won't have any issue in this area. You are a man of wisdom. You are a man of integrity. And I know, and I believe strongly, your marriage is going to be an envious marriage. Amen. A lot of men and women will envy your marriage. Amen. I said it at the program. So many young men and women will desire to be married because of your marriage. Amen. He gave himself. Christ gave himself. Even to the point of death, he gave himself as a sacrifice. He gave himself as a sacrifice. That is what every man ought to do. Give yourself even to the point of becoming a sacrifice. Give yourself to the point of what? Becoming a sacrifice. Christ gave himself. By becoming a sacrifice. Glory to God. And the woman. Reverence your husband. Reverence your husband. You are not a secondary. Position. You are all one in Christ. By the same Christ. Reverence your husband. Submit to his authority. If the husband. Is showing the love of Christ. If the husband is walking in the ways of God, it will be easy for the woman to submit. It will be easy for the woman to reverence the husband. It will be easy for the woman to have a quiet and mixed spirit. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I believe today the hand of God has come upon you. Yes. The word of God has opened your eyes. The word of God has brought wisdom to you. Amen. Your marriages will never suffer any setbacks. Amen. I say your marriages will not suffer any setbacks. Amen. And whatever the enemy was doing against your marriage, now you know what to do. Hallelujah. To defuse that demonic tension in your marriage. You know what to do to resolve that demonic marriage. Let the love of God lead you. The love of God is in your heart. Amen. Open yourself to it. Not your love, but his love. And Jesus said, continue in my love. 
continue in my love. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. One of the things that separated Jesus from the Pharisees were the words coming out of his mouth. The woman that was caught in adultery, Moses lost her, we should stone her. What sayest thou? And Jesus said, If any one of you would dance him, should cast the first stone. Do you notice that Jesus never said, Woman, I forgive you your sins? He didn't mention that. He said, has any man condemned you? That's the word he used. Has any man condemned you? She said, no. He said, neither do I. Go and say no more. Don't condemn your partner. Don't condemn your wife. Don't condemn your wife, your, your, your husband. Amen. It's a demonic spirit. It's a demonic word. Spirit. That is why Romans chapter 8 says, Now there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We are still human beings. We are still working in progress. We are still being perfected. We are still maturing. We are still growing. We will ever be growing. This is what God told me when I was praying about my wife. Because I heard everybody say, Lord, Bring my own Eve, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. In the middle of the prayer, God says, Stop. He said, There's nothing like that. I said, I see your wife. He said, Yeah, that was for Adam. There's nothing like bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He said, I said, He who finds a wife finds a good thing. And God says, Son, marriage is a building you will never finish building until you see me face to face. Are you ready to keep building? Do you meet me? I say, Yes. That was what God told me. Just so when you wake up, make sure you clean the carpet. Make sure the walls are well kept. Everything is well kept. It is your duty. It is your responsibility. If you are not ready for this, sit down. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's a continuous work. The day you will think that you have come to an end, that's the day the devil will start entering. We understand this. The first time we met our wives, both parties, the way we were calling each other, talking to each other, relating to each other, doing all those things. After the marriage, well, that is it. Everything is over now. There's no, and then the marriage starts going down. Everything starts going down. Start going down. Start going down. No more going out together. No more eating together. No more having fun together. No more relating, spending time together. Then you get out, you spend time with your friends more than your wife. You are on Facebook, you spend time in, in Facebook more than you spend time with your wife. That's not right. That's not right. Glory to God. Amen. We can't teach everything today. We'll have a marriage seminar. Amen. Amen. And then we'll go details into some of these things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. So the love of God and the wisdom of God is all you need to have a glorious marriage. Wisdom to communicate. Wisdom to talk. Wisdom to know the right word to say. Wisdom not to condemn. Wisdom to keep nourishing. 
Wisdom to keep cherishing. Wisdom to keep providing. Wisdom to keep loving. That is all you need for a glorious, successful life. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Are you blessed this afternoon? Yes. Rise to your feet with me. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and just thank God for his word that came to you this afternoon. Thank God for his word. Open your mouth and thank him for his word. Thank him for his word. Give him thanks. Appreciate him. The love of God has been poured into your heart right now. You are full of God's love. You are full of God's love. You are full of his wisdom. Lift up your voice and give him thanks. 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 Give him thanks, give him thanks, give him thanks. Give him thanks, give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Lift up your voice. Glorify the King of Glory. Today is the day of marital deliverance. The Lord came down in the power of His word to bring deliverance to your marriage. Lift up your voice and give him thanks. Appreciate him. Appreciate him. Worship him. Father, we thank you. We give you thanks. In Jesus' precious name. We are going to pray two prayer points before we leave. Uh, we are going to say, Father, you have poured your love in my heart. I receive grace to demonstrate your love in my marriage. I receive grace to demonstrate your wisdom in my marriage. To demonstrate your wisdom in the lives of my children. Lift up your voice and begin to pray right now. Begin to pray right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Father, you have poured your love into my heart. I receive grace to manifest your love in my marriage. I receive grace to manifest your wisdom in my marriage. Grace to manifest your wisdom and your love in the lives of my children. I receive grace. 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 Oh, I lift up my voice and I thank you, Father. I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your word today. Grace to walk in love. Grace to manifest your love in my marriage. Grace to manifest your wisdom in my marriage. I receive that grace. I receive that grace. I receive that grace. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. I want to, those of you who have been married before, for whatever reason, some words came out of your mouth that are haunting your marriages right now. I want you to receive grace and reverse those words. 
The father, any negative word has spoken about my wife or my, wife, my husband that is affecting my marriage. Today, by your grace, I reverse those words in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your voice and pray that prayer for yourself. Pray that prayer for yourself. Any negative word that came out of your mouth that is hunting your marriage, reverse that word in the name of Jesus Christ. Reverse that word. Reverse that word. In the name of Jesus Christ. Reverse that word. Father, have mercy. By the blood of Jesus Christ, we cancel every negative word affecting any marriage in this place right now. Any marriage at the verge of collapse, any marriage at the verge of divorce, by the blood of Jesus Christ, we rescue that marriage right now. We rescue that marriage in the name of Jesus Christ. We rescue that marriage by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' precious name. I want you to make this confession with me. Say with me, Father. Father. I want you to say it loud and clear. Father, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. By your word. I receive the grace. I receive the grace to, manifest your love to manifest your love. In my marriage. In my, marriage, in my, family. In my family. I receive grace. I receive grace to manifest your wisdom. In my marriage, in my family, in the lives of my children. Father, from today, my marriage will be moved from one level of glory to another level of glory. Every single day, my marriage will experience the glory of the Lord. Every single day, of my life here on earth my marriage will experience the glory of god from glory to glory from wisdom to wisdom from power to power from anointing to anointing from prosperity to prosperity from peace to peace from this day my marriage is blessed my marriage cannot be cursed. I love my wife as Christ has loved me. I love my husband as Christ has loved me. From today, the love of Christ is ruling in my marriage. It's ruling in my family. My family, my marriage is full of God's love. It's full of God's love. My children are full of God's love. The love of God abiding us, is upon us, is leading us, is directing us. We are walking in love. Therefore, there is no occasion to stumble. No occasion to walk in darkness. Because the love of God is leading us. In Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.
Put your hands together for the Lord. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray for Ray and Janet. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to anoint them. And I believe by this anointing, the glory of God will come upon them in a different and greater dimension. Hallelujah. The scripture said the path of a just man is as a shining light. It shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. That will be your experience from today. Your marriage will shine brighter and brighter. In the name of Jesus Christ. Your marriage will keep shining. We keep shining. We keep shining. In Jesus' precious name. And by this anointing, no power from the pit of hell will be able to work against this man. Amen. No power, no force from the pit of hell will locate this man to do it evil. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As the same token, as this oil come upon you, any man, any woman that stands to do you evil, the judgment of God will strike against them instantly. Yes. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I speak as a messenger of the Most High God. I speak as an oracle of God. Amen. As you are anointed today, Amen. no man will do you wrong. Amen. No man will do you wrong. Amen. No man will be able to stand against you Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So shall it be. Amen. So shall it be. Amen. So shall it be. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are anointed to prosper. Yes. You are anointed to succeed. Amen. You are anointed to prosper. Amen. You are anointed to succeed. Amen. This marriage is established Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This marriage Amen. is blessed Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. From glory to glory Amen. is your portion. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. From glory to glory Amen. is your portion. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. From glory to glory Amen. is your portion. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. By this same token. Any man that stands against you Amen. will be smitten instantly. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Any man that rises up against you, Amen. they will fall for your sake. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Any power that comes against you Amen. will be broken to pieces. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Any which that opened their mouth to chant evil against you, that mouth will be rotten instantly. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Any spell that will be released against you, that spell will backfire. In the name of Jesus Christ, be blessed in Jesus' name. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Father, we thank you for your glory upon this marriage. We thank you for your good hand. In the name of Jesus Christ, your descendants are declared blessed. Your lineage is declared blessed. Whatever your parents suffered maritally is not permitted in this marriage. In the name of Jesus Christ, whatever your parents went through maritally is not permitted in this marriage. In the name of Jesus Christ, be blessed in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for your glory upon their lives. In Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Lift up your voice and give God thanks. 
for his glory upon them. Father, we thank you. Let's lift up our voice and return all the glory to the Lord for bringing them together as husband and wife. We return all the glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Lift up your voice and give God the glory. Give him all the glory. As you are thanking God for their marriage, God is also fixing yours. God is also working on yours. Right now. Lift up your voice and thank God. Thank God. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you for this union, for this marriage. We thank you for your peace, for your glory that has overshadowed them. We thank you for your wisdom that is resting upon them. We thank you. We give you praise, glory, and honor. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. It's time for our tithes and offerings. Amen. Amen.